Hey, hey, good morning, everybody. What a beautiful day the Lord has blessed us with. Stunning, fantastic. This is what happens when you come over the Harbour Bridge, you get sunshine. Uh, it's a real joy and a privilege to be here and uh, bring you greetings from my wife. Uh, we have a 15-week-old baby now. And um, she was planning to come, but then you know what babies are like. Uh, but it's awesome to have my five-year-old son here with me. He's at Children's Church. Uh, I told him I was coming here, and he's like, I'm going to church with you. So awesome to be here. Love, uh, Pastor Seth and Pastor Debbie. Uh, I think you are blessed as a church to have them as your leaders. Uh, really honor you guys. Thank you for your commitment and what you're doing here. Come on, let's put our hands together and give honor where honor is due. Love you both. And... Um, I've known them for many, many, many years, and uh, not that we are that old, but uh, we started ministry, uh, Seth and I were worship pastors of, uh, I was at, based at our botany campus, he was at our city campus, love you both, and I really believe God's got so much more for you, and uh, great to be here, awesome to see some familiar faces, Mike and Deb over there, uh, when I took over our South Campus, Manoriva Campus, uh, they were part of our church, and then we sent them as missionaries uh, over uh, the Harbour Bridge, so awesome to see you guys here, and great to see lots of familiar faces, but I really felt this morning to share with you about the God of more, the God of more. Everybody say more. more. I really want to encourage you as a church that God's got so much more for you uh, than you realize. I really felt this word for you uh, today. For, most, for those of you who don't know uh, about me, I'm originally from Sri Lanka. Uh, in June 2017, I took my wife Sharon and Josh, uh, who was only about three years old at that time, to my home country, and, and we were excited to be there because it was the first time Shares and Josh got to come and see uh, where I grew up. So uh, while we were there, we stayed uh, in, this, uh, in, a, in a beautiful resort uh, in the southwest coast of Sri Lanka, a uh, great time to take your family on a holiday because we were in the middle of the monsoon season, uh, so everything is really cheap, so a good time to uh, take your family. So uh, I remember one particular morning, um, uh, while we were here uh, at this place, um, I woke up uh, with, with a very bad headache, and, uh, and I realized the reason why I had this headache was because of the strange smell of paint that was, uh, uh, that was in the room, and Sharon was really concerned about Josh, uh, you know, breathing in the paint fumes, so she rang the reception, and she said to them, look, uh, I'm very concerned uh, about our boy, and my husband's got a headache. Uh, it's because of the strange smell of paint. Uh, and the receptionist explained to my wife, the reason why uh, we were smelling paint was because uh, of this maintenance staff who were in the room next door to us, and they've been painting in there the last couple of days, and the paint fumes were starting to come through the ventilation system. And, uh, and my wife said to the receptionist, uh, look, uh, we're concerned about our son. We don't want him uh, breathing in the f paint fumes. Uh, the receptionist said, don't worry, uh, we're going to send one of our staff members, uh, he was going to show up uh, and he was going to get rid of the paint smell for us, and the staff member showed up with a little bottle of air freshener, uh, and, welcome to Sri Lanka, uh, and he was going to spray this little air freshener and that was going to remove all the paint fumes. Uh, we jumped for joy because hope was on its way, um, and, and when, the, when the staff member walked in and he smelled the paint fumes, he smelled the paint, smell of paint, and he saw our three-year-old son, and he said to us, look, there is no way my little bottle of air freshener is going to get rid of this paint smell. He said to her, my wife, uh, you need to ask him to move you to another room. So my wife rang the reception again and explained, look, your staff member is telling us that we should be moved to another uh, room. So is there any way we can be moved to another room? Uh, and the receptionist talked to her manager, and she get, came back to my wife on the phone and said, look, 
uh, we can move you to another room. Now, for those of you who don't know my wife, um, she is a sweet little non-confrontational person. She didn't just take the yes for an answer and just leave it there. She went one step further. She said, is there any way we can be upgraded? I was like, you go, girl. That's my go. Yeah, you go for it. I was on the other side of the bed going, yeah, you are. You go for it. And, um, and the receptionist said to my wife, uh, would you mind staying on the line uh, while I talk to my manager and see if we can upgrade you? While they were doing that, I said to Josh, Josh, we're going to pray. We're going to do spiritual warfare. Uh, we were like Joshua and their army, you know, marching around our bed six times. You know, I just wanted to uh, even ask the little staff member to join us because the Bible says when two or three are gathered in this time, we just wanted to cover all bases. So we prayed, and, uh, and a few minutes later, the receptionist came back and said to my wife, not only uh, they have agreed to upgrade us, but they have decided to give us the best room in the entire resort, all for free, thanks to the paint fumes. Uh, they were more worried about what we will write on TripAdvisor, to be honest. Uh, they said that we've decided to upgrade you all for free, and I was like, yes, thank you, Lord. I believe with all my heart we got that upgrade simply because my wife had the audacity to ask, ask for more. She didn't just settle there. She asked for more. I believe God is drawn to people who ask Him for more. The Bible is full of men and women who had the audacity to ask God for more. I love this guy in the book of 1 Chronicles chapter 4. We read about a man named Jabez. He stood out in a crowd. There were 600 names in a long list. He stood out because he had the audacity to ask God for more. He prayed a bold Audacious prayer, 1 Chronicles 4.10, all that you would bless me. I want to stop there for a moment. He didn't just say, Lord, bless me. He goes, all that you would bless me. Everybody say, all. You know, you can just see his desperation, his boldness, his courage. All that you would bless me and enlarge my territory. Let your hand be with me and keep me from harm so that I will be free from pain. And God granted his request. I love that. And God granted his request. I love the faith of this guy. He had the audacity to ask God for more. Again, in the book of Joshua, we read about Joshua, uh, chapter 10. We read about Joshua uh, attacking the Amorite armies. Now, Joshua was in the middle of the battle, and the sun was about to go down. And Joshua knew the battle was not over. He knew this was his opportunity to attack his enemies. So he prayed this bold, courageous prayer. He asked God for something that has never been asked before. What exactly did Joshua ask God for? Joshua 10, 12 to 14, Joshua said to the Lord, in the presence of Israel, sun stands still over Gibeon and you moon over the valley of Ajalon. So the sun stood still and the moon stopped till the nation avenged itself on its enemies. The sun stopped in the middle of the sky and delayed going down about a full day. There has never been a day like it before or since a day when the Lord listened to a human being. Surely the Lord was fighting for Israel. Joshua had the audacity to ask God for more, and God granted his request. I believe with all my heart that God is drawn to people who believe for more, who ask for more. Write this down. Impossibilities become realities when someone has the audacity to ask God for more. Believe for more. Now this week I was praying for you as a church, even as, as I was driving here this morning, I was praying for you as a church. I want to say to you, not your Elam, God's got so much more for you than you realize. 
Your best days are still in front of you. Now you might say, oh boy, that's like a feel-good message. I want you to feel good this morning because the Bible says I was glad when they said to me, let us go to the house of the Lord. It doesn't say I was sad, I was grumpy, or I was angry. No, it says I was glad when, I, when they said to me, let us go to the house of the Lord. I want you to be empowered to ask God for more, to believe for more. We don't want to ask God for more so that we feel good about ourselves or we can show off. No, we ask God for more so that we can be a blessing to our community, to our nation and the nations of the world. The truth is, I believe with all my heart that God has more for you as a church than you realize. Let me tell you, this is not the destination. This is just the start. This is not the end of the show where the, muse- uh, the audience clap, the mus- musicians take a bow, the lights to get turned off, and the screens close, and, uh, and, the, and the words on the screen um, you know, appear, um, you know, the end, and we all go home thinking, well, that was a, that was a gr- good church service, or boy, it was okay. No, 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 let me tell you, that's not what it's all about. The best is yet to come. I love the song that we sang this morning. I see breakthrough. I see miracles. See, God has got so much for us as a church. Think about the generations that are going to find Christ in this church. Think about the generations, sons and daughters who are going to rise up and they're going to do things that we haven't even thought of. Let me tell you, they're in the children's church right now watching drive through movies. And let me tell you, the next generation, the next church leaders, the next business leaders, the next government leaders, they're all in our children's church. They're being shaped for the glory of God. Let me tell you, the best is yet to come. Can I get an amen? this morning? So my encouragement to you this morning is to ask for more. Pray for more. Dare more. Trust more. Plan for more. Expect more. Grow more. Live more. More, more, more. Why? Because our God is a God of more. In fact, the word more is mentioned over 770 times in the Bible. Our God is able to do infinitely more than we ask or imagine according to His power that is at work within us. God loves when we ask Him for more. I love this. Matthew 7, 7. Ask and will be given to you. Seek and you will find. Knock and the door will be opened to you. For everyone who asks receives, the one who seeks finds. And to the one who knocks, the door will be opened. This morning, very quickly, let me give you four reasons why people don't ask God for more. They don't believe for more. They don't dare for more. Four reasons. If you're taking notes, I really encourage you to write them down because note takers are history makers. Here's the first one. People don't ask God for more because they don't understand the true nature of God. We don't ask God for more because we don't understand God's nature. I read about the the story of a young employee. Every day he was starting to get emails from his boss who was asking him to do extra work on top of what he was doing. Every time an email came through from the boss, the young employee would say to himself, oh, look at this boss, he doesn't want to do it. So he's giving me extra work. What a jerk. You know, grumpy old boss. Look at him. Every day, emails would arrive with extra responsibilities. And he'd be like, oh, you know, he hates me. So he's giving me more work and I have to stay behind. And I had to come early. And he was like, grumpy old boss. What a jerk. And every time this was happening. A few weeks later, the boss asked the young man to come and come and see him. And, and when the but young man went and saw the boss. The boss said to the young employee, you would have realized, you would have seen, you would have noticed that we've been giving you extra work on top of what what you are already doing. And the young boy went, yep, yep, I know, you don't have to tell me. And he was like, yep. The boss said to him, look, 
we've had a vacancy in our senior leadership team, and we didn't know who to promote. So we thought, we'll give you a go just to see how you will handle it. Uh, and you've been doing really well, so we've decided to choose uh, we've cho chosen you as the candidate to replace that uh, uh, person in the senior vacancy. And the young man re realized that the boss was never mad at him. He was reading his boss's emails with the wrong attitude. Can I tell you, when I read that story, I realized too many Christians, we read the Bible that way. We read our Bibles and we think the Bible is full of rules and regulations and God is mad at us. Let me tell you, God is not mad at us. He's madly in love with us. Can I encourage you to read the Bible with a new attitude, with an attitude that God is a loving Father. Let me tell you the truth is too many people read the Bible that way and they think God is mad and He's grumpy up, uh, up in heaven and, and he's, tell, he's chasing us away every time we ask Him for more. No, let me tell you, God is madly in love with us. Don't understand the true nature of who God is. Let me tell you, when you don't understand the character and the nature of God, our God is a generous God. He's a loving Father. Matthew 7, 9 to 13. If your children ask for a loaf of bread, do you give them a stone instead? Or if, you, if they ask you for a fish, do you give them a snake? Of course not. So if you sinful people know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your heavenly Father give, give, good, good, give good gifts to those who ask Him? Let me tell you. God is not some stingy person up in heaven with limited resources. No, He's a generous God. He has enough for everyone. Let me tell you, giving is in the nature of God. Man seeks to get. God seeks to give. God is a God of increase and abundance and goodness. Let me tell you, I'm 38 years old. To this day, I'm not afraid to go to my mom and dad's house, walk in, open the fridge, help myself to food, sit on dad's couch, Take the remote, change the channel. Why? Because I'm their son. They don't say anything. Well, they don't say anything to me. Probably be complaining to my brothers. Look at him. Who does he think he is? Just walk in and help us. No, it's because I'm their son. They're my mom and dad. The same is true with God. He's our heavenly father. Don't be afraid to ask him for more. He is a good, good father. It's who he is. And you are loved by him. Uh, Psalm 84, 11, the Lord will withhold no good thing from those who do what is right. Number one, people don't ask God for more because they don't know His character or His nature. Second reason, second reason why people don't ask God for more is because we're afraid to ask God for more. We're afraid. We let fear stop us from believing or asking for more. Sometimes we're afraid that God might ask us to do something that may not come natural to us. Or we're afraid He might ask us to do something we are not willing to do. Or He might ask us to give up something. Or He might you know, tell us, talk to us about an area in our lives. Let me tell you, there are victories that God will withhold until we get rid of sin in our lives. Let me tell you, there are times we don't ask God for more because we're afraid of what He might ask us to do. Let me tell you, fear will always stop you from asking for more. Fear will blind you from believing for more, asking for more. Let me tell you, you need to peel fear off your eyes so that you can see the future that God has for you. Many, many years ago, I decided to become a professional swimmer. 
many years ago. I haven't tried since then. Uh, and, uh, and I remember going to the swimming pool, and I noticed everybody swimming, and they had three lanes. They had a, small la- a slow lane, medium lane, fast lane. And I noticed all the, all the professionals were swimming in the fast lane. And I thought, I want to be a professional swimmer. And I noticed all the professional swimmers, they had all these, you know, very expensive equipment. They wore the best goggles and everything. So, you know, I was like, I need to buy expensive goggles. I bought myself these goggles, and I was excited. The next day, I showed up at the pool. I will be honest with you, when I walked past the slow lane, I was like, hurry up, people. Keep up, keep up. Stop, you know, being lazy. Come on, speed up, speed up. And I jumped in the fast lane, put my goggles on, and I started swimming. My speed was uncontrollable. I'll, I'll confess, I was thinking, man, at the speed I'm going, I could be the first Sri Lankan to win Olympics, um, you know. But I had one problem. I couldn't see where I was going because I, these goggles, I couldn't see through them. So I took it to the reception, and I said, look, there's something wrong with these goggles. You know, I paid a lot of money for it. You need to give me the ones the professionals are wearing. The guy, uh, you know, he looked at my goggles, and he said, sir, there's nothing wrong with these goggles. All you have to do is peel off these stickers, and you'll be able to <laughs> see it. Let me tell you, that's, that's what fear does. It blinds you. If you want to see the future, if you want to ask God for more, you need to peel fear off. Because the Bible says, for God has not given us a spirit of fear but a spirit of power, love, and a sound mind. Can I get an amen this morning? Let me tell you, when you are filled with God's spirit, fear and timidity has no place in our lives. When you're filled with God's power, we are empowered to believe for more, ask for more. Many people don't ask God for more because of fear. Number three, people don't ask God for more because of past disappointments. Past disappointments. Maybe there was a time you asked God for more and he closed a door. And as a result, it has caused you to stop asking God, asking God for more. You have stopped asking God for more because of past disappointments. Can I tell you, there are times God will close a door. And when he does that, we need to learn to say thank you because that was the wrong door. Let me tell you, there are times God will keep some doors closed because that's the wrong door. So that he can lead you to the right door. Sometimes we stop believing for more because God closed a door. Let me tell you, why does God close some doors sometimes? Why? Because He was protecting you. He's watching over your life. He was protecting you from greater harm. Let me tell you, not walking through the wrong door was the best thing that could have happened to you. Yet we complain. We're angry. We're like, God, I'm giving you one more week. If you don't, you know, if you don't open the door, I'm not going to church and I'm not going to do this and I'm not going to do that. God's like, well, I'm going to take my time. I'm going to keep that door closed. Let me tell you, we are not waiting for God. God is waiting for you. God is waiting for me. God is waiting for us. When he closes the door, we need to realize that he has something way better for us. Isaiah 55 verses 8 to 9. For my thoughts are not your thoughts, says the Lord, but neither are my ways your ways declares the Lord. As the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than your ways, and my thoughts than your thoughts. Let me tell you, we only see one piece of the puzzle. God sees the full picture. God sees the big picture. Let me tell you, don't let a past disappointment stop you from believing for more. Let me tell you, one bad chapter doesn't mean your story is over. Let me tell you, sometimes we have a bad chapter and be like, that's the end of the story. No, God is writing your story. Your best days are still in front of you. Don't, don't let a past disappointment, don't let discouragement stop you from believing for more. Now, I remember many years ago, um, I had issues with my left eye and um, 
And I, uh, one of my youth pastor friends said to me, Boyd, uh, we've got a healing evangelist speaking at our youth ministry. Why don't you come and get him to pray for your eyes? So I showed up, and the healing evangelist called me on stage in front of everybody, and he prayed for my left eyes, and he said to me, Boyd, God's healed your left eye. I want you to walk out of this building practicing your miracle. So this is what he asked me to do. He asked me to close my right eye and walk out of the building looking through my left eye. So I did what the man of God asked me to do. And when I walked out into the foyer, because it was a youth service, they had all the lights off. It was dark. So when I got to the foyer, uh, bless the person who did this, they um, left a platform in the middle of the foyer. I, and I didn't know this. I walked straight into the platform because I couldn't see because I was busy practicing my miracle. Um, the platform cut my left leg. Uh, and when I got to the car park, I was a little bit confused. I went to the healing service with one bad left eye. Now I'm going home with one bad left eye and a bleeding leg. Uh, so I thought to myself, maybe the healing evangelist shouldn't ask me for a ministry endorsement. Um, but, but I'll never forget, I stood in the car park and I was really discouraged. And I said to myself, I'm never going to let anyone pray for my eyes again. I was discouraged. And I thought, God, you know, I'm never going to get my miracle. And three weeks later, I was in India with Pastor Luke, bro. And, and, and in India, after you preach, I mean, you do an altar call, everybody comes to the front. I mean, I say everyone, I mean the whole church. And I'll never forget when we did an altar call, Pastor Luke was praying for some people, I was praying for some people, and there was a long line, and, 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 I, and I was about to pray, and I looked over to Pastor Luke's, you know, line, it was a very small line, but anyway, that's a, that's a different story, that's about comparison, but uh, that's a different message, I'll preach on that next time I come. Um, anyway, the first guy that came up, I said to him, what can I pray for? He said to me, Pastor, can you pray for my eyes? I was just like, okay, so I prayed for his eyes. The second guy comes up, and I said, what can I pray for? He says to me, can you pray for my eyes? I was like, God, are you sure about this? This is like blind leading the blind. Um, but I didn't tell them that. But anyway, I prayed for his eyes. The third guy comes up, and I was not prepared for this one. I said to him, can I, what can I pray for? He said to me, can you pray for my left eyes? I was like, God, are you sure about this? Why don't you send something like migraine or back pain or sore leg? Why are you sending me eyes? You know, I've got eyesight, my issue. You know, I've got my left eye. But I prayed for him, but then I was not prepared for what happened next. He said to me, Pastor, when I prayed, finished praying for him, he said to me, Pastor, I can see. I can see. I tell you, on the, on the outside, I felt fired up. I was excited. I was like Benny Hinn, you know, pick him up. No, I'm joking. Uh, you know, I felt like, oh, yeah, brilliant. But on the inside, I was like, God, really? You know, what about my left eyes? You know, I come all the way from, to, from Auckland to India, and he gets his miracle. I've got a bleeding leg and a sore. So I... I was like, what is going on? God said to me, Boyd, learn to celebrate someone else's miracle while you are waiting for your miracle. Let me tell you, there are times you'll come to church and you are waiting for your miracle. You're discouraged. You're like waiting, waiting, waiting. And you see that family and this is the hundredth crunchy. They've gone up for this year and you're like, it's only October and we've still got December to come and look at them, God. And go look at them. Oh, they've got another breakthrough. Learn to celebrate someone else's miracle while you are waiting for your miracle. Can I encourage you with this? Learn to pay attention to your attitude in a waiting season. Sometimes we have a wrong attitude. We have a bad attitude. We get mad at God. And let me tell you, discouragement, I find, is a choice. I've got to make a choice to rise above discouragement. It is not over until God says it is over. One bad chapter doesn't mean your story is over. My wife was told... Um, you know, we were only six months married, and she was told she'll never conceive. 
Let me tell you, God miraculously gave us Josh. And then we were told, you know, maybe that's a miracle, baby. Guess what? He gave us another miracle, baby. Let me tell you, don't keep your eyes on your circumstances. Keep your eyes on Jesus. Because if God has started a good work in you, He is faithful to complete it. Past disappointments. Number four, the fourth reason why people don't ask God for more is because they are happy with things as they are. We are comfortable. So let me tell you, when we are comfortable, we become complacent. Let me tell you, complacency is the enemy of progress. Complacency is the enemy of success, the enemy of forward momentum, the enemy of growth. Complacency will keep you from asking God for, uh, and believing for more. Let me tell you, Jabez could have easily said, you know what, my mother named me pain. You know, my name, I'm just going to stay as, as things as they know. He believed for more. Can I encourage you? Don't settle for where you are. God's got so much more for you. We will never realize our full potential if we remain in our comfort zone. First Corinthians 2.9. No eye has seen, no ear has heard, and no mind has imagined what God has prepared for those who love Him. Today my prayer is that you have been empowered to ask God for more, believe for more, trust for more, dare more, Believe for more through the power of the Holy Spirit. Can I encourage you? You know, one bad chapter doesn't mean your story is over. Believe for more. Don't settle for where you are. Do you realize a mother eagle, before she gives birth to her babies, the first thing that she does is she will prepare her nest. She will put broken branches and rocks, and then she covers that with feathers of the birds that she had killed, and she'll, you know, make it as comfortable as she could, you know, because she wants her baby eagles to be comfortable when they're born. They're in the nest, and they're like, this is nice and warm, and mommy eagle comes and gives them food, and, you know, it keeps them warm, but when it's time for them to learn to fly, if they don't leave the nest, guess what she does? She pushes, pulls this feather and wool, and the baby eagles, all they're exposed, is exposed with these broken branches and sharp rocks, and they're like, mommy eagle, why, what's happening? Why are you doing this to us? And by then, you need to listen to this if your 40-year-old son hasn't left home yet. Um, um, just, just turn the Wi-Fi off, and everyone will leave. And, um, you know, and, she's like, and the babies are like, why, why are you doing this? And if they, hadn't left home, if they haven't left the nest by now, this is what she does. With her big wings, she goes, poof kicks them out, and the baby eagles are like, I'm going to die, I'm going to die, and they're like, oh my goodness, guess what, they think that was the end, they think that was a, but then they spread their wings, and then they realize, Heck, hang on a minute, I'm not going to die, I'm learning to fly, I can fly, let me tell you, there are times, God will come, and he goes, poof, and you're like, God, why are you doing this to me, what's happening, and you realize, that's when you realize your true potential, that's when you realize what God has put in you. Let me tell you, miracles never happen in our comfort zones. Miracles happen, happen when we're like, God, why, what is going on? God, oh my goodness, why, why? Let me tell you, it's not why, it's God, what are you trying to do through this situation? Let me tell you, complacency is the enemy of progress. I pray that you've been empowered this morning to ask God, for more. If I could ask you all to stand to your feet and, you know, before I hand it back to Pastor Seth or Pastor Debbie, as I really believe there are people here this morning that today you're believing for more. You are trusting, trusting God for more. You are 
asking for more. You are saying, boy, there is something in my life. Maybe there was a season where, when you were discouraged. You, you, as a result, you have stopped asking God for more. You've stopped believing for more. Maybe you're like, you know what? I've never seen God as a generous God. I always sort of saw, saw God as a person that, that, that is mad at me. But today I'm saying, no, I'm going to ask God for more because He's a generous Father. He's a good, good Father. Maybe, maybe there's fear in your life. Fear has stopped you from asking God for more. Maybe you're here today and you're comfortable. But today you're saying, boy, I'm going to step out. I'm, I'm saying, God, stretch me, enlarge me. Maybe you, you want to be like Jabez. Oh, that you would enlarge my territory. Maybe you're like Joshua. I'm going to keep fighting. I'm going to keep believing for more. Or every eye closed, every head bowed. If you're here today and you're saying, Lord, I'm believing for more, would you mind raising your hand up wherever you are? I want to pray for you. Father, I pray for every hand raised here in this building right now. In the mighty name of Jesus, Lord, we are not raising our hand to a man or a woman or to, to a group of people, but we are raising our hands, Lord, in, in unity to an almighty God because our trust is in the name of the Lord. Our hope is in the name of the Lord. So, Father, I pray for every hand raised here in this place. God, I come against fear right now. I declare, for God has not given us a spirit of fear, but a spirit of power, love, and sound mind. And a sound mind. Lord, I've come against discouragement. Anyone feeling discouraged or because of past disappointments, they have stopped asking God for more. Maybe there are people here today, they are in a waiting season. Lord, I declare, they that wait upon the Lord shall renew their strength. I pray for strength to be renewed in the mighty name of Jesus. Lord, I pray that you will pour out your spirit. I pray for the Spirit of God to come upon them right now. Lord, I pray for anyone feeling, you know, a spirit of complacency right now. God, I pray that you will, Lord, open their eyes. They will see that you are enlarging them, that you are strengthening them right now in the mighty name of Jesus. Lord, we ask you for more. We believe for more. Lord, I pray for anyone here this morning who is believing for their family members to come to know Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior. God, I pray and we believe for more in the mighty name of Jesus. You are a good, good Father. It's who you are and we are loved by you. You are a generous God. Our hope and our trust is in you. In Jesus' name. Before I hand it back, I'd love to pray a prayer of blessing over you. If you're comfortable, if you wouldn't mind raising your both hands to the heavens and as I declare this prayer of blessing over you. People of God, redeemed by the precious blood of the Lamb, the Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make His face to shine on you and be gracious to you always. May the blessing of the Lord make you rich in every area of your life, but He had no sorrow with it. You are the head and not the tail. I bless you with the promises of God which we find there, yes and amen in Him. May the Holy Spirit make you healthy and strong in body, soul, and spirit. The Lord give you wisdom, wisdom above your education, your experience, your age, and wisdom far above all demands placed upon you. I call your children to be blessed of the Most High God. They are mighty champions of God's great destiny. I call your marriage renewed with the new wine of the Holy Spirit. I call every family at North Shore Hill and blessed of the Most High God. May God's grace be upon your home. With long life, God will bless you. May faith be imparted to you. I bless you in the name that is above every other name, Jesus. In Jesus' mighty name we pray. If you believe it, can we give Jesus a clap offering as we say amen. Come on. Let's 